Morning, everyone, I'm on. How are you? Morning, everyone, how are you? Good. That's good. I like a bit of energy. I know it's Saturday morning and we're all a bit tired, but I would love some feedback from you throughout the sermon. If it's appropriate, it doesn't um, take me on a little tangent too much. That's welcomed. Um, My name's Sarah and I'm from Toowoomba. And I thought I'd travelled a long way this morning, but I just met a couple and they've just left, but they were visiting from Africa, so I think they beat me um, from Toowoomba. Um, Can we have that photo that I gave you and chuck it up? I'm married, and this is my husband. The photo's a little bit stretched, but I want to show you that photo because my husband couldn't be here today, and as you can see in the photo, I'm punching and I think I'm punching in more ways than one. Um, Matt's, Matt's kinder than I am, he's more loving than I am, um, and he's a really nice guy. So he was really disappointed that he couldn't come and spend some time here this morning. However, I bought the best, or the closest thing to a husband, I guess, is I brought my parents along and they drove me here this morning. So thanks, Mum and Dad, for that. Um, big shout out to Michael and Sharon, I guess, too, for having me and for inviting me. So thank you. I want you to turn to your neighbour, your elbow partner or the person sitting next to you, and I want you to ask your neighbour this rhetorical question. I want you to ask your neighbour, have you got unfinished business? So turn to your partner and ask them that question. (laughs) Have you got unfinished business? Now as I stand here, they told me that this this church was full of young people. I can see some young people and I can see some older people, which is great. But this next, this next point that I want to make, I'm talking to Gen Ys and Millennials. Put your hand up if you're a Gen Y or a Millennial. I think we've got some Gen Xs there and maybe some baby boomers as well. So Gen Y and Gen X, that's who I'm talking to right now. Sorry, Gen Y and Millennials. Gen Y and Millennials are known for their lack of commitment. And they are also known for not finishing their business. You can Google newspaper articles and some headings might say, reasons why not to hire a Gen Y. That's pretty shame. I'm in that category. I'm a Gen Y. So I want to explore today this notion of unfinished business. And I want want us to kind of reach a bit of a framework to help us Gen Ys achieve our business and finish what we start. So Paul, Paul is a Christian writer in the Bible and Paul, Paul is passionate about finishing the business. Paul is so passionate about finishing the business that he ended up in prison because he was that committed to finishing the business. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be prepared to end up in prison just to finish the business but he did. So Paul's in prison and he writes this, he says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So what this Bible verse is saying, it's saying firstly that we each have a good thing in us, and I think that's pretty cool, that we have a good good parts to us. The second part of the verse is talking about that those good things are going to actually be realised. And those good things are going to be finished. And I think that's really awesome. Now, thanks, Michael, for bringing my blanket over. This is a pretty nana-looking blanket, hey. Something you wouldn't think would be in the home of a Gen Y. But I bought this from home this morning. Now, 
Is anyone here into crocheting? No one puts their hands up. That's all good. But this blanket is a crocheted blanket. And as you can see, the wool's still attached. You might not be crocheters, but can you, can you at least tell me why or what it means if the wool's still attached to the blanket? What does that mean? It's unfinished. It's unfinished. I started this blanket in December 2012. In December 2012. December this year, that blanket is five years in the making and still not complete. I have this habit of starting awesome projects and never finishing them. I normally maintain a high, high standard for a short period of time, and then I quit, I give up, and I never finish it. I guess you could say I have a lot of unfinished business. So this topic is speaking to me. The irony of this whole thing is nothing frustrates me more than work colleagues, especially work colleagues, give, being given a project and they don't finish it. Nothing frustrates me more. And yet, I've just shown you an example of how I often do the same thing. A little bit hypocritical, to say the least. As we discovered when looking at this blanket, close enough isn't good enough. Close enough doesn't finish it. Close enough isn't good enough. This notion of finishing the business is further exemplified by a Bible story, and I want you to journey with me as I tell you this story. Some of you may have heard this story. It's found in 1 Samuel 17. We've got two kingdoms. We've got the Philistines and the Israelites. Can everyone say Philistines? Philistines and the Israelites. Can we say Israelites? Now, they're positioned, they're positioned on two hills. So we've got the Philistines on one hill and the Israelites on the other. There's a valley in between. The, the Israelites followed and served the God that we follow and serve, whilst the Philistines mocked and taunted that God. These two kingdoms were at the brink of war, at the brink of war. The, the Philistines yelled and hurled abuse across the valley at the Israelites. Now, in the Philistine camp, there was a gentleman called Goliath. Now, Goliath was a giant. I was trying to scout when we were singing the song, but I didn't want to be rude and completely turn around. If we have any really tall guys here today, is there anyone over six foot here today? Be brave enough to put your hand up. Over six foot? How tall are you, mate? Six foot two. Do we have anyone that beats six foot two? Who are we pointing at? How tall are you, sir? 6'6". Six, six. Can you race down here? I know you're doing the sound, but can you run down here for me for a second? I was talking to you earlier, and I didn't even think about your height. 6'6". Six, six. Now, the Bible says that Goliath was 2.9 metres tall, so almost 3 metres tall, or 9.5 foot tall. So if you're 6'6", six, six, Goliath's 3 feet taller. Can you keep your hand up? Can we picture that? Three feet taller. What's your name? Clayton. Clayton. Then, then Clayton. Three feet taller. Can you just stand there for a second? Thank you. Now, Goliath wasn't only three feet taller. The Bible talks about Goliath's armor and how much his armor weighed. 
And Bible scholars suggest that that weight of his armour was so heavy that Goliath would have had to be really solid. Do you work out in the gym? <laughs> can, can you pretend you work out in the gym? Just, just pull your shoulders out a bit. Thank you. That's it. This guy was a unit. And I think Clayton's a bit of a unit, but I think he was a bit bigger than you, Clayton. Yeah, thanks for your help. <laughs> Give him a clap. So Goliath was a big dude, right? We got the picture? Pretty intimidating. Pretty intimidating. This big guy was hurling abuse across to the Israelites for 40 days. For 40 days. He was saying things like, choose anyone, choose a man to come and fight me. If I win, you become our slaves. And if you win, we become your slaves. Sounds to me like a typical school playground fight. I spend the majority of my week in a school and it's definitely not as nice as these facilities here. I work in a state school and there are fights on a daily basis. And most of these fights start by taunting. Push, push, push until someone cracks. This is exactly what Goliath is doing. He is mocking the Israelites similar to that of a playground fight. He's pushing them. But no one in the Israelite camp would answer the call. No one would retaliate. And it wasn't because they were being the better person or taking the moral high ground. Mm -mm. It was because they're a bunch of wimps. Bunch of wimps. And I can say that because I'm standing here and I'm not there. God had business that he needed the Israelites to complete. But no one, no one was willing to step up and complete that business. Until, until a boy, a boy named David, he was visiting his brothers on the front line, bringing them supplies. I can just imagine when David come to the front line, he would have been walking through the army and noticed that there wasn't a lot of action going on. All the soldiers were kind of chilling and sitting down doing nothing. And I can imagine him having conversations like, Oi, I thought we were at war. What are you guys doing? Why are you just chilling here? Why aren't we fighting? And then I could have imagined him hearing Goliath taunting the Israelites. What are we going to do about this? I can imagine David saying, What's going on here? I can also imagine David not being real happy with the answers that he was receiving. So David, what do you do when you're not happy with the answers you're receiving? You CC, you CC the manager or CC the boss in an email if no one's responding to you or no one's answering your call. This is exactly what David did. He went straight to the top. Now, I don't know how David got an audience with the, with the king. I don't know if he asked for one or if he just barged in and just got past the bodyguards. I'm not sure. But David is positioned in front of the king. The first things out of David's mouth were words of encouragement. He said to the king, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. And then he proceeded to gently challenge the king. 
So let me remind you that David's a young man. And let us also remember that at this time, King Saul is, is stressed. He's going through the most hectic time ever. He's probably sitting down looking at, looking at planning, strategic planning on how they're going to overcome the giant. And this little boy, this little flea, little fly has come, has come to him. I would find it pretty annoying if I was King Saul. So David, David first encourages, then he challenges. And then he says, send me, send me, I'll do it. I just want to take a moment here and speak to the Gen Ys and the Millennials for a second. No matter how inexperienced or young you think you are, if you can see a need to challenge a process or to challenge a structure in an organisation or at school or at church, I want to encourage you to do that. And I want to encourage you to follow David's formula that he set out for us here. When we challenge something, it's really important and really cool if we first encourage. First encourage, we come with humility and we encourage. I think the second, second really important point is that we come up with a solution. We don't just challenge something with no answer. We challenge something, but we present a solution to that problem. And David has modelled that for us. So David has just come in, encouraged, challenged, given a solution, and then King Saul responds. And King Saul responds with the ultimate put down. You're too young. You're too young. And again, I want to I wanna jump sideways and just talk to leaders. I don't, I don't care if you're a sports captain, a school captain, um, a manager of McDonald's, um, a leader in your corporate organisation, I don't care who you are, let's talk to leaders. How dare we as leaders, how dare we as leaders cut down a fresh innovative idea just because we perceive it coming from a young person or an inexperienced person? How dare we? And I really encourage, if you're a leader here, be open, and I'm encouraging myself, be open to crazy ideas. Be open to little children coming to you with ideas. So King Saul cuts him down, cuts him down. And then David says, oh, I guess I'll have to pull the resume out. So David, David shares his resume with King Saul. And he starts by saying, God has been preparing me. God has been preparing me. And God had been preparing him. He'd killed a lion and he'd killed a bear with his own hands. God had been preparing David. I wonder how many times we go through challenging circumstances and we don't acknowledge that those challenging circumstances might be actually preparing us for something bigger in the future. So after David gives his resume, King Saul says, go. Go kill the giant, but God be with you. David walked down to the valley with his sling. He picked up five stones... And he put one into his sling. As he approached Goliath, Goliath was mocking him, continued with the taunting, mocking him and mocking the Israelites for sending a boy to do their dirty work. Again, we see this judgment. Too little, too young, 
too inexperienced to make any kind of impact. And how wrong that judgment was. I love a good underdog story, and this story is no different. David ran quickly toward Goliath. He ran quickly towards his challenge. He moved quickly toward Goliath. David put one stone in the sling, he slung it, and he struck the Philistine in the forehead, and the Philistine hit the ground face down. The business was complete. Goliath was dead. He who began a good work in David by giving the opportunities to be brave with the lion and with the bear completed that work, completed that work and sought David out to finish the business when no one else could. I don't know about you, but I want to be brave like David. I want to stand up and I want to finish the business when no one else will. Not like the blanket. This bravery, courage and completion reminded me of someone else in the Bible and that's Jesus. Through Jesus taking on our weaknesses and becoming human, he made the incomplete complete. He finished the ultimate business and he overcame the giants of sin and death so that our giants can be overcome. Jesus promises us sure and his example is one that encourages us to finish our business. So when the Bible says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion, he means it. He means it. You may be sitting here today feeling, you, feeling like you've got some giant unfinished business. I don't know you guys, you don't know me. We don't know what struggles we face this week. I don't know your story. But we all have unfinished business. Maybe, maybe you're in the middle of an interpersonal conflict. Maybe you've just had a relationship breakup. Maybe you've got financial stress. Maybe you've just been made redundant from your job. Maybe someone's mistreated you or you've mistreated someone else. No matter what unfinished business you have in your life right now, this week, October 28, 2017, God has promised that he will complete that unfinished business. He will bring about restoration and peace and he will finish what he started. He won't leave you unfinished like my blanket. He won't say close enough is good enough. He will work and work until the greatest level of completion is achieved. When you start employing completion in your daily life, I want to, I don't know about you guys, but I want to start completing that, that business in my daily life. 
with me, do you want to see your relationships, your finance, your careers really, really, really reach the level of completion? Do you want to see that? I do. And do you know that that is the, that is the best form of witness? When we actually finish what we say we're finished and we, we become people of our word, that is the best witness for Jesus. Do you have unfinished business in your life? Close enough isn't good enough with God. That is why God wants to continue the good work in you and in me. I say as a generation, whether you be Gen X, baby boomers, Gen Y or the millennials, let's stand up and let's say we're going to be a light and we're going to finish the business we start. Let's do that. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for reminding us that it is our business to finish our unfinished business. Thank you for reminding us that we don't do that alone and that you are willing to hold our hands and you're willing to help us finish that unfinished business. I just pray, God, for the people in this room who are going through a really challenging time right now with their unfinished business. Whether that be, like we've mentioned before, relationship breakdowns, financial problems, maybe they've lost someone. God, I just pray that you will give them peace right now and give them restoration, knowing, knowing you've got them covered, knowing that you will complete that incomplete business. Thank you for your promises and thank you that you will continue to complete the business in us. Amen. idea that we all, all of us have incomplete business in our lives. I, I have incomplete business. I have four exams coming up. Um, <laughs> we all have incomplete business in our lives and just what a powerful encouragement, you know. What Sarah said, when you can show people that you are of your word and that you can complete your business in every area of your life, that is how you can best witness to people. And through completing that business, whatever it may be, you can really give people a, just a glimpse into who Jesus is and the beautiful name, the powerful name, the wonderful name that is Jesus. I really want to encourage you guys on behalf of all of Refresh's pastoral team, our leaders, if there is something you see could be done to move us further towards our vision. If there is something in your life that you can do to increase your impact for God or to increase your GPA or to increase your grades or to further your relationship or to further your friendships, to go deeper, to complete that, I encourage you to pray about it. I encourage you to be intentional about moving towards that. And I encourage you to come see me. Come see Sharon. Come see Dale. We don't just exist to organize events and to put on church services. We are here for you. We are here to support you. We are here to listen. And we are here to really, hopefully, bless others. Can you do that for us? Yeah, all right. I hope you guys have an absolutely incredible afternoon. Um, but, but 
you don't have to leave yet. We would love you to stick around, connect with each other. Um, the kids will be out soon, so yeah, we'd love you to stick around. I'd love to connect with some of you, you know, and to just really form a community here at Refresh. Have a lovely Saturday, and we can't wait to see you next week.